0: What up, what up, and welcome to off-screen, your seven-day ultimate guide to all things cinematic. We got animals, we got fairy tales, and we got large, sweaty men crashing cars and setting explosions. So, strap in, we're off to the movies. Boom. Groovy. Welcome to off-screen, I'm Van Connor, my guest this week my fellow talk film, uh, talk film, talk radio, uh, film critic, alum, Mr. John Hearn. Welcome back as always, Johnny. Hello, happy popcorn eating to you. So, uh, fun week that we have. And do you yeah. know what, There's a bit of film news, you might appreciate this. Okay, good. After 45 years, this week, Robert Evans, the legendary producer, has passed ways with Paramount.
1: Well, that's unusual because normally, what, you know, people in big studios like that they last about five years and then they're out <laughs> the first thing they do is negotiate their severance package because they know it's going to happen 45
0: That's years. that's some going that, that is going. and he's, that's, a, that's an iconic producer absolutely right? he's, yeah. he's the kid isn't he he was called the kid um, no, I, he like, old he had, well he's an old man now he looks an awful lot like Robert Vaughan actually uh, was <laughs> I always found it really yeah. weird that Robert Vaughan never played him in anything Oh well, maybe so. now. Could well, but I'm not have yeah. that no. but uh, no. did you ever see the animated series they made about Robert Evans? No. Where he would what like fight it? crime and you know, fight Kim Jong-un and, and characters like that. It was called Kid Notorious. And it was insane. I believe Robert Evans actually provided his own voice for it. It was bonkers. Um, and weird thing I discovered his last film was yeah. How, to, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days del- Oh okay yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought that yeah. one Okay so let's talk about other bonkers films because <laughs> <laughs> there's a biggie out this week <laughs> oh, yes. and I don't think they get
1: any more bonkers no. than the Fast and the Furious franchise no.
0: What was the last Fast and Furious you saw?
1: Number two Number two? Yep I watched the first wow. one I enjoyed the first one Yeah, I watched the second one You did not enjoy the second <laughs> one I didn't enjoy the second one because it was exactly <laughs> okay. the same as the first one it was a bit like The Hangover It's just in a different place How dare you in any yeah. way insinuate the second even comes close
0: to being like the first one the second is just
1: dreadful oh it's rubbish rubbish yeah and then I, was, I saw bits of the third one. was that Tokyo Drift, Tokyo the Drift yeah, yeah, yeah and I thought future? hang on a minute this is just the same as the last one as the same as the <laughs> one before it's just set in Tokyo now and I, I, I kind of gave up after that I just couldn't be bothered you sound like you're describing the, 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 the step up franchise
0: you know like exactly I, like that I'm
1: describing any franchise
0: well, I right. am closing your mind that you is technically true but, yeah, uh, well,
1: I've I've seen the trailers for them all, right? and and they haven't tempted me to want to watch them. And this one, Hobbs and Shaw, or Higgs and Boson, as a friend of mine called it. Um, I just, when I see the 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 action in yeah. these films, the thing is, I, I, I cannot suspend my disbelief enough to want to watch them. Right, okay, the thing is that that's key.
0: That is, key. Yeah. it is about suspension disbelief. So if you ever sat through, particularly the seventh one of the Fast and Furious movies, where they were driving between the uh, the skyscrapers in Abu Dhabi. They were jumping, they were literally driving a car between skyscrapers. Now, so you see, if that's moment,
1: James Bond, I can suspend my disbelief for that because he's trained to do that. Are you insinuating that a group of illegal
0: LA based street racers would not have the the vehicular fortitude to drive it? You new know, I, I, I,
1: I might be suggesting that.
0: Okay, yes. so this yeah. this movie has, has taken it in a whole different direction, though. So
1: Downward, as you, yes. As, as you
0: know, the original Fast and the Furious is Point Break. You know, that, that's yeah. what that movie was. Yeah. This is Tango and Cash. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. And it is exactly as ridiculous in that kind of context oh as Tango and Cash is next to Point Break. So if you think these movies are silly, strap in because they're about to get sillier. So this takes place... This is you know the most recent entry. It's current day... Um, Luke Hobbs, who was the Dwayne Johnson, he was always the lawman yep. character. He's off being a single dad and just a general tough guy, and being Dwayne Johnson. Right, his, his role in life is just to be Dwayne Johnson. That, that's no, all nothing wrong with that. He lifts weights like Dwayne Johnson. He, he hashtags like Dwayne Johnson. He wears those really nice headphones like Dwayne Johnson. And meanwhile, over in London, you've got Deckard Shaw, who's the uh, the rogue spy, who was the villain in some of these movies, who's now kind of an anti-Jason Statham's character. Oh, dear. Uh, To put it bluntly, Dwayne Johnson is the big ice-cold can of war pass Jason Statham is the uh, champagne Problem, as he calls it. They are brought together, these two antagonistic men who cannot stand the sight of one another when Shaw's sister, an MI6 agent, of course. is implanted with a deadly virus to keep it out of the hands of a rogue super soldier played by Idris Elba named Brixton, who refers to himself as Black Superman a couple times which is just amazing. And uh, they have to go on the run protect her from this evil would-be assassin who's coming for them no matter what. Now, I've got a clip that's kind of going to describe this insanity for you. You want to tell me just what in the fresh turkey hell we're dealing with here? Long story. It's a ghost. supposed to be dead. Eight years ago, I put a bullet through his brain. Great. So being chased by the Terminator.
1: I don't think he's going to make it. Well, I don't think you can see over the steering wheel. Buckle up, fat boy. I'm going to save your life again. So you know the fun there is just to stay through Dwayne that- Johnson, fat boy and yeah. You know, now it now it all makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. I'm i I'm going straight in the front of the coup now, definitely. I'm, in fact I'm gonna have this on permanent loop. So imagine if you will, because like I said, this has yeah. gone no they've, they've taken this into an even more
0: sci-fi realm than you've <laughs> we'll, got. Don't. We've now got super soldiers and things like that in this. We've got Roman Reigns from the WWE being brought to Now if into it had this. real
1: Romans, like in Horrible Histories, I'd watch that. Oh, yeah, was, do
0: you know what? Like that was just it, it sticks with you that for all yeah, it so cool. much fun. Anyway, so back to fun, this. Um, Right, this is GQ versus Rolling Stone as a movie. That is what they've done. It is Tango and Cash, does Mission Impossible 2, does a bit of demolition. If it was
1: Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson bashing each other over the head with a GQ and a Rolling Stone, I would watch that.
0: (laughs) I bet you that gets done. I bet you that gets done on the junket circuit. I bet you that gets done. But, uh, no... This is ludicrous. It is bonkers. Don't go into this expecting that this is where the series is going to start making sense again. It is, isn't. this has taken it to a whole other extreme. But actually, it's kind of a clever film when you consider what it represents, when it's, you know, it it is, let's take the biggest star of the franchise who also happens to not be the lead and actually see what happens when we let him be the lead. So Vin Diesel can have the old school series All right, Dwayne Johnson has okay. got his and believe me they set this up to continue.
1: Of course they do.
0: The, in the same way that Fast and the Furious is ending with 10 I would expect the same of Hobbs and Shaw at this mm. stage. Um, yeah brilliant fun I had a great time I whooped I cheered I laughed I think it's about 2 hours something 2 hours 10 long or something like that. Well, It would be a lot quicker if they didn't have all the slow mo in it. Yeah, but if you've got that much baby oil, do you need the slow mo? Just you
1: can't phone that in. The thing is, it's like if you have it in real time, you can kind of see a little bit of the danger <laughs> when somebody jumps from one speeding car to another. But when you slow it down, it's so obvious that they're not actually no. doing it. Can I just point out? Did you ever see the one with Helen
0: Mirren cameo? No. Helen no. Mirren cameoed in one of these Why? as Jason
1: Statham's mum,
0: okay. and she went, she went full Peggy Mitchell on it. It was terrific. <laughs> and uh, she's back in this uh, and she's got more to do and she's just a delight. Doesn't
1: she have anything better to she's, do? How, how dare you?
0: Judi Dench had her Vin Diesel franchise let Helen Mirren have her rock one. Well, technically a Vin Diesel franchise.
1: The only good thing to have come out of this film yeah. was it was a, during the making of this film that Dwayne Johnson got the idea to do Fighting With My Family. No, no, that was Furious 6. He uh, doesn't even have that. I will tell
0: you the best thing to come out of this film. The best thing to come out of this film is uh, is a song by Idris Elba uh, that is uh, played over the uh, over the end of this movie. That is the theme song to it, and it contains the lyric: "I've got a monkey on my back, and I call it blind." So, in the meanwhile, Mr. Hearn, I enjoyed that. It's obviously not for you. Why don't you tell no. me in the next two minutes about photographs?
1: Photograph is uh, a really interesting, beautiful uh, Indian film. It's Does it have made, car chases? It, it doesn't have car chases. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's about a, a, a photographer, a tourist photographer. who takes pictures of tourists outside the monuments in Mumbai and then has a little portable printer and he prints pictures of them. I was going to say, this is a
0: foreign language one. It's,
1: it, yeah. it's, in, it's in Hindi, yeah. And uh, he is by himself, he's quite happy, but his grandmother is concerned that he hasn't yet found a bride. And so he pretends that he has a girlfriend. girlfriend. And he pretends this girlfriend is one of the people that he's taken a picture of. A young Indian woman who uh, he just happened to yeah. want a photograph taken. And then he finds out that his grandmother's coming to visit him from the countryside. Uh-huh. And so he has to try and find this the girl. girl. Yeah, and yeah. he eventually manages to track her down and persuade her to pretend to be his fiance. And,
0: a hell of a convincer, that one, and
1: you. and of course, well, she's this sort of you know quite wealthy middle class you know family. They're, they're very mm. sort of mismatched, but of course they end up you know they, they fall Sparks for each other. fly, and it, yeah. And, yeah. And it's a very obvious story. It's, it's in no way, in any way, an original story. But it's so beautiful because it's shot in and around Mumbai, yeah. and the 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 light, the images, the way that it's done is it's it's very gentle. It's quite long. It's an hour and fifty minutes. But it, Given it's, the,
0: the title and the character's occupation, is it shot sort of with a photographer's eye, would you say? It yeah, it's, it's stairs very, stairs?
1: very cinematic. Yeah, it's, it's beautifully done. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's a very gentle film. It's about as opposite to Fast and Furious <laughs> as you could get.
0: <laughs> I will say that. I mean, we've literally got it on the screen. We've got Idris Elba diving between moving lorries. Yeah, in slow-mo. On. If that in was in slow-mo. real time,
1: that would look all oh, right.
0: Mate, I tell you, they, they asked us not to say certain things about the film. And there's some ridiculous things that I just can't even... You just blow your mind, that oh. I can't even mention, honestly. Oh. It is insane. Uh, but Photograph, I'm going to check that out. That uh, that did been me. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw as well. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw is on release uh, now. It's Thursday, August 1st, rate 12A. Photograph is uh, Friday, August 2nd, I believe. Yeah, 15, of them. Yeah, I think so. Right, stick around. We're back with more Cinematic from. Welcome back to Offscreen, I'm Van Connor. Joining me, Johnny Hearn. Hello. So, Mr. Hearn, let's, yes. uh, let's get animated. Indeed. Uh, let's so, get charming. Let's yeah. get charming. And this is the thing, so obviously of the two of us, you're the one that actually is a parent, so you've seen yeah. these kind of films without having to do it occupationally. <laughs> Many times, Many yes. times. So, charming, is, how do we describe Because this is actually a couple of years old as well. Yeah. about three years old, this
1: is This is uh, as a film by the same producers of the Shrek uh, series, mm-hmm. and it's about Prince Charming. And the premise is, what if Prince Charming was actually the one that was cursed? And prince Which charming, is a novel twist. It's a nice little yeah. twist. Prince Charming has been cursed that he's so charming that every woman who looks at him falls instantly madly in love with him. Which, okay, you might think is a it's great idea. Hashtag First Kingdom problems. <laughs> <Yeah. You know. laughs> the problem is that um, being a sort of dashing, charming prince, he's gone off and rescued certain people, such as uh, Snow White and so Sleeping Beauty. So yeah. And... Um, oh, Cinderella, yes. And of course they've all fallen madly in love with him. So he's agreed to marry all three of them. So he's engaged to these three women, none of whom, all of whom are princesses, none of whom know that they're engaged (laughs) to the same guy. And he also, as part of his curse, he has to meet the woman of his dreams. It's a settle on one, doesn't he, who actually is the one. He has to find the right one, which of course he can't find because every woman falls in love with him. So how does he know who is the, the, the lover of his life? Until he meets this thief. Of course, of course, he knows as, as, yeah. the one who would naturally be Gemma Arton if this was live action. Yeah, absolutely, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and and of course, he then you know, realizes and starts pursuing her, and she causes the mess with uh, with the other three princesses. Oh. In, in, in a very funny scene, actually, where where she confronts the three of them and, and gets Have them to explain a, yeah. their Have story. Picture? <laughs> and they and they each tell their story, which is the traditional fairy tale. And you think, actually, that's really messed up the way it that is. they say yeah. them. Well, i tell you what, we've got we've got a clip. This, okay. uh, this should set the tone rather nicely, I think, for us. Prince Charming, it is time to choose your one true love and liberate all others from your spell. Oh! Piece of cake. Kiss me now and save us all. Does this normally work, Feel? Only with every other lady in the land. Oh! Damn! Wow! Well, that was different. So determine which of these three princesses is my true, true love. The fate of my entire kingdom depends on it. Your kingdom's in luck because I can take you to it. We live at once. Oh, so hey.
0: It's, it's got a little bit, it, it is faintly charming. It is quite charming, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, for me personally, I think it's miscast in the, t- in the title role. I think Wilder Valderrama yeah. doesn't quite have the vocal charm, effectively, he's, he's, it, it's not—it's not, not strong likable. enough. Yes, no, yeah. I found him a bit weak, especially yeah. when you looked at the voice casting that was going on with yeah. all the female characters, yeah, which was actually pretty out there and bonkers, and I kind of liked and it. Was people like Avril Lavigne and Sia hmm. and uh, Nia Vardalos and and John Cleese turns yeah. up in there as well. But Will De does seem out of his depth, and that's a shame.
1: Yeah, I it, think it, it's not quite as. Good as it could be. No, I think it's. I mean, the concept's pretty good. I'll go it, with it's there. a great idea. The story's fine, but it's it, it lacks that kind of that extra layer, that extra depth that mm. uh, that say Shrek had, you know, or um, you know, other you know, really good good. Kids' do films like the Pixar movies, that, you know, they go yeah. to a much, much different, different level than this. It just it's, it's operates on a different way. Yeah, it's not, you earth. know, it, it's 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 kind of a, a pale limitation of those. It's, I mean, it's fine for what it is, but it, it's it's nowhere near as good as the, the top level of animated films.
0: No, I absolutely agree. Uh, I'd say I, I, I had fun with the concept, but I didn't yeah. have too much fun with the
1: film itself. The film's fine. And you know, I wouldn't. I would never watch it the second time. No, but... it, it's fine for, for younger kids. It's yeah. uh, you know, it's not. It's not one of those films where you know an adult can watch it with a kid and the adult gets as much out of it as the kid does. No. It's it's a kids' movie. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, one that's definitely not a kids' movie. <laughs> no. God, no, it's it not a kids' movie? No. Let's talk about animals then. Yes. Uh, which is this is also our, our Friday, August second. Charming, by the way, rated PG. Animals, very much a fifteen. I'm, yeah. frac- I'm frankly surprised it even got that. This does push it, I think, the times into well, slightly into the. Uh,
1: yeah, but there's there's not there's not any violence and there's not any real strong sexual swearing mm. and uh, there's no kind of extreme drug taking things like that. So that's why it doesn't get an 18. I mean, there's, there's graphic public
0: urination at one point. Well, th-
1: yeah, but uh, you know, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this... Uh, see that like, every Friday night on the street. Very and, true. This, so, this then stars Holiday Granger. Yes.
0: Who is in two movies now in UK cinemas, because *Talent of the Bees is still out.
1: Yes. Um, yeah.
0: And I will say, this is the better of the two, I think.
1: Yeah, it, she plays this sort of hard-drinking, uh, party-going girl who, with her best friend, they've been doing this for ten years, and mm-hmm. they show no signs of, of letting up. And, but... Kind of they're in their thirties now, and so you know it's it's gotta to come to a point where they're gonna yeah. have to give up their wild partying ways.
0: Well, this is the idea that's sort of being forced down upon them, I think, by relatives and friends and the people getting married, so, people yeah. are having
1: children, yeah.
0: And I think she holiday Granger's character then meets uh, and, and enters into a new relationship, meets a man, starts seeing him and of a
1: very serious, very talented pianist, but a very serious guy who doesn't really go out drinking a lot. Exactly, and almost yeah. the exact opposite of her. I mean she's got has this pretensions of being uh, an author she wants to write. A book, but in ten years she's only managed to write ten pages. Yes, is, that's the thing, and, and then she meets this guy who is this virtuoso pianist mm. who goes on these great tours and you know is is an absolute genius on the piano, and and very dedicated to what he does. and And he kind of inspires her to try and write and and you know better herself. Mm. But in doing so, it drives a wedge between her and her best friend, who she happens to share an apartment. With. I tell you, we've got a clip of pretty much that flaring up. Here we go. Isn't marriage part of the whole system we've been railing against all these years? <laughs> The stuff you do because you feel you should rather than because you actually want to? Yeah, but I do want to marry Jim. No, you don't. You've just been conditioned to feel that if you don't, your life is somehow less valuable. Let's just have a drink. Why don't you try one on? We can just... Montage! Marriage, by definition, is archaic and oppressive. What about gay marriage? Is that a proposal? If I could marry you, Tyler, I would. I wouldn't marry you. I wouldn't put you through that.
0: So I really like <laughs> Alia Shawkat in this as well. So Alia Shawkat, obviously, the very American yes. best friend. And I thought this worked on a number of levels. For me, I, I liked it as a sort of bridging point between Fleabag mm. and Broad City. Mm. I thought it fit nicely as a sort of Venn diagram of certain mm. elements of both of those those franchises, those series.
1: Um, I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, there are some you know some great setup moments, and and the two main cast are are absolutely you know sensational. No, they really really play the comedy. They are absolutely. I just felt it it kind of lacked something in the second half. The first half is Grix, it's full of energy. You mm. see them, they're going out and they're having this great time. And even when the story kicks in, when, uh, when the guy Jim turns up, you know, it, it's fine and you you know where the story's going to go and that's okay. But it just, for me, it sort of ran out of, of somewhere to go in the mm. second half of it. it. It didn't have enough to sustain. You see, for me, I, I kind of
0: like that. But I had a certain nihilism that I, mm. I actually really appreciate. And I think, I, I like especially in the third act, it just gets mm. to that... Uh, that why would you be Spider-Man anymore problem stage yeah. of
1: just how much can one person have heaped on them and it just becomes it becomes a very miserable movie actually it is yeah it is it, it, you know it kind of has overtones mm. of With No and I which is which is an unfair comparison because that's one of my favourite films of all time but you know it's sort of like that it's yeah. you know two people whose friendship's coming to an end um, and they can't continue with the, with the parting and the hedonistic there, lifestyle anymore
0: there's, there's almost an element of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood very much said, we'll talk about that that in a few weeks. Um, I have. I say I had a great time with it, directed by Sophie Hyde, based on the novel by Emma Jane. Unsworth?
1: Yeah, well, he, she wrote the script as well. She did, I um, believe. Yeah. And actually, the, the previous film that, that Sophie made was, uh, was a film called Fifty Two Tuesdays, which I really liked, and that no was a great concept movie, mm. whereby it was shot sort of part documentary, part drama, and it was shot uh, once a week on a Tuesday over an entire year, yeah. and it followed um, a transgender man trans, uh, transcending into a, a female, yeah. and the relationship between him and his daughter as he goes through this process. And of course, you actually see the physical transformation, which is was, which was stunning because it was shot over a whole year. And that's why it's called Fifty Two Tuesdays. I've really enjoyed that film. I'm not gonna lie, that sounds awesome. I'm <laughs> absolutely gonna watch that. <laughs> um, I personally,
0: I, I would uh, check out Animals. I had a great, <laughs> I had a great time. But I appreciated the darker, night of the parts, but I do think it stays relatively funny all the way through as well. Ali Shawcat's got
1: yeah, there's a some, there's line some
0: great lines in it. Oh, definitely, some <laughs> absolutely wonderful lines in it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Animals is in cinemas from Friday, August the second, as is. Charming. Stick around because we're taking it to the telly. We want to give a shout out to our friends at Runway East where we record this show. They're on a mission to provide the world's best office space for startup teams and oh they're doing pretty damn well at it. I'm partial to the roof garden myself. Uh, They're in London Bridge, Soho, Moorgate, very zen places to work. Give them a peep at Runwayea.st. That's runwayea.st. Welcome back to Offscreen, this time we're taking it to TV. So, Johnny Hearn, my esteemed guest for the week... Let's uh, look at the movies for the next seven days on telly. And, uh, well, what's better on a weekend than a good old-fashioned shark film?
1: Wow, you've got to love a shark movie, haven't you? You do so many good
0: ones, too. Even if
1: it's Shark Tale, because that was good.
0: <laughs> do you know what? I draw the line at Shark Tale. <laughs> is that the one that has car wash in it? Yeah. Is, it, is that yeah. Christine Aguilera car wash? Yeah, OK. Uh, so, The Shallows, which is... Uh, I mean, these films are on all the time. You know, yeah, these yeah. films are on kind of all the time, but we just literally have to pick one movie a day. So, you know, you can watch this, for instance, you might see it on Wednesday... But we're picking it for Saturday. And if it's on too late for you, maybe Sky Plus it or uh, rearrange your priorities. So, film for 9pm Saturday night, The Shallows.
1: Yes, young woman goes to a beach, goes out uh, on her surfboard, gets stuck and trapped by a shark that wants to eat her. And she can't get back to the beach and there's nobody on the beach anywhere even if she could.
0: Do you want to hear uh, five seconds of Blake Lively screaming? Oh, very much. Yeah, here we are. Let's have that.
1: She she's fantastic, and and the film itself is, is very very tense because it, it it puts her in situations and it gives you those great moments as a uh, as somebody who's watching the film of thinking, what would I do here? <laughs> That's how, it, isn't it? How am I? How would I get out of that situation? Oh, oh no! Don't do that! No no for no! no me, do that! Don't for do that! Me,
0: all the way through, it like, "Well, I'd be dead by this point." Well, <laughs> quite <laughs>
1: probably. But, yeah, I think most of us would be. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those great films of. Do you risk doing that? Yeah. Because if you fail, you get eaten by the shark. I mean, it's one of those things. It doesn't matter what she just decides to do. Yeah. If she fails, she gets eaten by a shark. I mean, it's it's a very you know fine line you've got to tread when making these decisions. And she and, sells and, it. And absolutely. And and you know, there's an audience. You know, watching it, you, you really kind of go along with her, and and it's it's a very very tense movie.
0: Also, interestingly enough, one of two movies this week I've just realised this is directed by Juan Cole Sara. Yeah, Yeah. So good You've got the other one on Wednesday So let's talk then about uh, One of my favourite comedies Yes Uh, Also one of my favourite novels And one Mm -hmm. of my favourite adaptations of a novel And it isn't The Dead Zone So Well Dead Zone's not a comedy That can't give it away But uh, uh, Nick Hornby's About a Boy Yes uh, starring Hugh Grant Adapted for the screen Starring Hugh Grant Starring um, Rachel Glyce And a very young Nicholas Holt
1: I think that was his First film Introducing <laughs> Nicholas Holt I believe that was Introducing him,
0: yeah. And he's brilliant here.
1: Yeah very good and, and you know And he's gone on to have A sensational career And quite, quite it, rightly indeed so Indeed he has uh,
0: So this is the uh, This is the story Of Will Freeman which is not an accidentally chosen character name who is an eternal singleton yes. who uh, just lives to, he's got more money than common sense his
1: father wrote fashion. a Christmas hit single exactly. and then he lives off the royalties of that which yeah.
0: great and he's just a shallow fickle hedonistic man he has no interest in settling down <laughs> or, or, or responsibility and it's basically about the friendship that forms between him and a young boy <laughs> and how that basically threatens to unravel him into something resembling a regular person I've got a clip for you of kind of where he starts in all this. How would you like to be Imogen's godfather? Seriously? Seriously.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I'm really, really touched, but, um, you must be joking.
0: I couldn't possibly think of a worse godfather for Imogen. You know what I'm like? I'll drop her on her head at her christening. <laughs> I'll forget all her birthdays until her 18th when I'll take her out and get her drunk and possibly, let's face it, you know, try and her. Well, no, I, I just... I thought you had hidden death as well oh no 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 you've always had that wrong I really am this shallow <laughs> <Love laughs> <it. laughs> that's so good and <laughs> yeah, that's what Hugh Grant uh, does as well play that sort perfect of perfect Hugh Grant film yeah, in a way that isn't a sort it sort bumbling fool. you yeah. know what's a weird bit of trivia that we've sort of forgotten I'm pretty sure this is the movie that he famously got rid of the the centre party floppy haircut for oh,
1: I, I think, think this is because yeah. it
0: was a big deal at the time yeah. like the tabloids that Hugh's getting rid of the haircut and um, yeah, weird, weird, uh, weird times. It's funny
1: we lived in a time where tabloids weren't obsessed with trivial things like that. Did- I mean, it seems so naive
0: now, yes. not So yeah, I, I had a great time. It's, it's a
1: great. I mean, yeah. Nick Hornby is you know, consistently excellent in, in you know what he writes, and really uh, the funny. adaptations of his books are always excellent. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fantastic film. Also stars a young
0: Natalie Tennant as well from mm. uh, Harry Potter and, and Game yeah. of Thrones. Let's forget that bit there. And uh, brilliant use of uh, Mister Cal's shake your ass. So it, it and
1: uh, and badly
0: drawn boys. Well, and Bradley badly drawn the soundtrack boy. too is a great soundtrack. Um, Who's version of Killing Me Softly gets used? I can't remember that, but we, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're spiralling down the nostalgia hall. Yeah. that's what that is let's talk about Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a battle oh boy sorry is ITV on Sunday one thirty pm great Sunday afternoon flick Monday night 10.25 on 5 star we've got a kind of a charming Robert De Niro comedy pretty. yeah uh, this is the intern. It sees him as a retiree, who uh, a widowed retiree, I believe, who goes back to the work, back to back, back to the workplace, <laughs> taking on a scheme, working as an intern for a young female entrepreneur, and it's actually really good. I thought he's really charming in it. He's got, and the movie makes a big deal about his old school charm, and actually, De Niro does bring it in spades. I've got to give him.
1: Well, that. you know that. I mean, it, this is. You know him gone into the you know the comedy world. He you know he spent so long doing these kind of really hard hitting gangster movies and tough guys, and you know he and he's got to a point where he thinks I don't need to prove anything anymore, and I can't beat people up anymore. So let's do comedy. And he's actually become a really funny comic actor. This is getting there, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's a supporting cast, that of really brilliant comedians mm.
0: in, uh, in in the intern. Well, that always helps. And this, this includes uh, Adam Devine, who's a personal mm. favourite of mine. I'm a big fan of Workaholics. Mm. Uh, one of his fellow, one of his three, one of the three, uh, the other three guys from uh, Workaholics is also in the movie Anders. Uh, he plays uh, Anne Hathaway's husband. But you also get uh, Andrew Reynolds and Zach Perlman and Nat Well, There's a great comedic. Yeah. And also René Russo, who's always just fun to watch. Oh, she's great. I love her. Rene Russo. She turned up in, we're not supposed to give it away, but she did turn up in our film this year yes. pretty prominently. Yes. She was rather good in that for another mm-hmm. minute minutes she got. Uh, yeah, check that out though. 5 Star 1025 Monday. Um Tuesday night, 1055. This is never I love this film. I, I mean I love the book as well. Cat's Eyes, an adaptation of a collection of Stephen King short stories. And it's on the Horror Channel, 1025. It includes one of my personal favourites Which is called Quitters Inc It's adapted here starring James Woods Back when you could still employ James Woods And uh, he's a man who goes to a Quit smoking agency Hmm. Only to discover that they have some Very very dark methods it is very <laughs> twisted. Uh, also includes the ledge in which a man is having uh, a man is, having a, a man is uh, having a relationship with a married woman. The husband discovers it. Her rich, powerful husband discovers it. Makes him walk the ledge of the skyscraper that they are in. It's really tense,
1: really great. Does uh, it work, though? Because a lot of Stephen King stuff doesn't translate well to screen. Well, this works because it's in sort of 20, 25-minute shorts. Right.
0: And in that sort of sense, it, it, it's not really allowed to unfurl to the point that it, it goes off the rails. Mm. So it does work. I mean, if you've never seen it, absolutely check mm. it out. Um, Wednesday, our second one Kolei Sarah movie yep. of the week. <laughs> yes. So we, we've had Liam Neeson on a boat, a train. Yep. A, yeah,
1: uh, this is Liam Neeson on a plane. On a non, plane. On non-stop, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a Liam Neeson action movie but set on a plane instead of set on a train or set in a truck or set in the, the, the desert or set in the... Find, was
0: this one finding a terrorist? or I can't remember. I, I've got a clip of oh, it. He's
1: the US Air Marshal who then gets framed for some uh, terrorist uh, so, act. So
0: we've got a clip. Let's see, if, let's see if that pads it out for us. Hang on. Marnie. What the hell's going on there? The threat is real. I want you to stop
1: doing whatever you're doing immediately.
0: I have a suspect in custody. I need a background check. Seat 24E, Tom Bowen, B-O-W-E-N.
1: You have unlawfully subdued innocent passengers,
0: Marks. I don't have time for this. You your supervisor before the flight and threaten him. He wouldn't book you an
1: overtime flight, and you said you'd do what you have to
0: I do. I didn't threaten anyone. Is that
1: right, Marks? I need
0: to run a full check on Tom Bowen, seat 24E.
1: Marks, death. Now,
0: you're wasting time. Marks,
1: Agent Marks, you
0: are hereby relieved of duty. Do you hear me? I'm
1: dreaming that someone on this plane is going to die. Do you hear me? <laughs> God bless Liam Neeson. Oh, he he hands it up, but he hands it up so
0: well. He's reached that Harrison Ford stage. I mean, Where is my family? You know, he's, he's reached that Harrison Ford stage. Absolutely. Um, I,
1: I love Liam. I'm not a big action movie fan, but I love Liam Neeson action movies. And this actually was really good. Yeah, I really I enjoyed mean, this film. They're always at least above yeah. average, aren't
0: they? Yeah. yeah. So okay, let's breeze really quickly. So that's film four, six fifty-five, Wednesday. Film four, six forty, on Thursday. About time. Richard Curtis does time travel. We've not got much time to go into it. Um, I will say, great performances of Bill Nighy and Donald Gleeson. Yeah. Big fan of both
1: of those actors. Um, But uh, it's a Richard Curtis twee movie. Yeah, either does twee movies (laughs) or fun movies, and this is a twee movie. I think most definitely. It's a 6.40 film
0: for on Thursday. Uh, Friday night, uh, 9pm on 5 Star. You've got to have it, because, I mean, the three calls on the way. I think it's Um, about a month away. So why not check out London Has Fallen in which and this is a direct quote most of London's known landmarks have been destroyed terrorists attack uh, London whilst the US president is in town
1: and only Gerard Butler can save it of course because nobody else could Um, this one didn't work I really liked Olympus Has Fallen because it's set inside one building and so therefore you can contain it. it yeah. It's believable that terrorists could overtake the White House. But London Has Fallen doesn't work because it's London. It's too big. <laughs> they can't take over London. London hasn't fallen. You can't
0: but- realistically have a car chase in the centre of London. It simply no. wouldn't happen. This is why that Fast and the Furious movie didn't make sense either. And I don't they just sort of hang buildings. out in
1: Hyde Park for a bit just sort of waiting for a helicopter to turn up as well. And I just, oh, it, just it was nonsense. It didn't make but, any sense.
0: You know what? They made him out of Bourbon and Bad Choices as he claims in the movie. Um, that That's good enough for me. London has fallen. Check it out. Welcome back to Offscreen. And we are, well, we're moving to, I think, towards uh, home entertainment platforms, we should say now. Home entertainment and streaming. Yep which is still home entertainment, so just ignore me. Okay, so on DVD this next week, which is coming, uh, we've obviously not put the dates in that right, so it should be uh, Monday, August the 5th, I want to say. One, two, three,
1: four, yeah, five, yeah. Okay, so Monday,
0: August the 5th, if we get the dates written down properly next time. Uh, So we've got Gloria Bell which is Sebastian Lelio's uh, remake of his own... Not
1: related to Jamie Bell. No, no,
0: not related to Jamie Bell at all. Although, both gingers. so Could
1: be, you never know.
0: Good work, good work. Uh, So this stars Julianne Moore, and she's incredible Mm. in this... She's just uh, she's a middle-aged woman. Her, her children have grown up. They've left the nest. Her marriage has collapsed. She's on her own for the first time in her life. Hmm. And she's just trying to find her place in the world. She's just trying to find what can bring her joy. Hmm. And she seems to find that in the form of a new relationship with uh, John Taturo, who is a man that she meets, only to discover that, you know, he, like everyone else, has his own problems. Um... He
1: t- sen- tends to play that kind of supportive... Friend character who also is a little bit troubled as well. He does, and he does it well, to be fair.
0: Um, really good, really good uh, performances in there. It's not a popcorn pleaser by any stretch of the imagination. I think you could imagine that. But but a... it's a character
1: piece. It's it's about watching the actors rather than watching the story.
0: It is so, but it is very much about a specific time in a mm-hmm. woman's life, and I'm talking, I'm not a time I've experienced or ever will. Indeed, but uh, it, it's about a very specific time. I can imagine that to certain to certain people, to a certain audience, this could be quite relatable. Mm-hmm. This could be something with genuine depth. Yeah, uh, that depth. Obviously, I could see that depth i could enjoy that depth i couldn't appreciate it on that other level i'd imagine if you could you talk about something really hmm. profound i think it's a very good movie though.
1: yeah oh well, she's so.
0: always good oh she's great julian isn't yeah. she okay let's talk missing link then uh which is uh, this was i think the first it's not really a flop but it was a real underperformer for Leica. yeah who of course yeah. had brought us is it Kubo and the two strings yeah. Paranorman, and i forget the rest actually what was a Leica movies? i forget God, anyway, we all loved Kubo, though. That was the oh, thing. K- that was a beautiful film. Well, now they've done Sasquatch. This is their Sasquatch movie. And so this is about an explorer who goes off in search of the Sasquatch. Uh, the Sasquatch can, you know, speak and interact. And it turns out has orchestrated the this meeting with the explorer uh, in order to uh, basically get help in uniting with the, the yeti, the rest of <laughs> the people who are yetis, as we said.
1: Um, it is not the best, like a film. No, it's it's kind of a bit flat. It's, uh, it it's, is. It's not not as funny. It's, it's you know, I mean, hell
0: of a voice cast. I mean, mm. Hugh Jackman's the lead. Yeah. Uh, you've got Zach Galifianakis, I think, is the Yeti. Uh, Emma Thompson, Stephen Fry, that sort of a caliber cast. And like, I'm sure if you looked into it hard enough, Richard Ioardi is in mm. there somewhere. That kind of a cast list. because it's Leica it's made very well Mm. you you can't do that no one makes a film no one builds a film like like Leica do that stop motion is it's Mm. it's between them and Arthur stop motion these days and uh, Missing Link I had some laughs I didn't have a great time though
1: yeah it just comes down to the storytelling really you know we were talking about Charming earlier where you know it's a good interesting concept um, but the cast wasn't Probably as good as it could be, and then, then you've got uh, Missing Link, which has got a great cast, but the story's probably not quite as good as it could be.
0: I think the thing with it as well is after so many great and inventive Lyca films, because mm. I mean, Kubo is like no other film. Mm. You watch this and you think, well, that's a bit like Pirates in Adventure yeah. with Scientists, yeah. and that's a bit like that Wallace and Gromit that time, and that's mm. a bit like. and it has all those, it feels derivative in a way that a Leica film generally yeah. doesn't, and I, I found that problematic. There. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, is, it is entertaining enough, though, and I think children will love it, and I think it's it's a good, proper, wholesome, animated family film. So it, it's worth a check. I will talk about The White Crow, though. Which
1: is oh, yes. Yeah. So you were saying you wanted to see this, but haven't got. Gone... This has been on my list for a long time, because I missed it when it came out a couple of months ago. And uh, it's the film about Nuria. Uh, so this uh, is Nuria, This really is, wanted...
0: I believe, written and directed by, by Ray, Ray Fiennes. Fiennes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the actor who plays him offhand. Uh, because he looked an awful lot he looked an awful lot like Sebastian Stan that's not the reason I couldn't remember him off-hand, but he looked an awful lot like Sebastian Stan but um, largely yeah. uh, largely foreign language film hmm. there are English components to it because it's about Nuriev's defection to the yes. West yeah. uh, which I can't remember the exact year that that happened wasn't it? was it the 60s the 60s I think wasn't it I believe it was the '60s, yeah. but say this is Ray Fine's take on that. He also stars within the film as mm. well. So he stars as the ballet instructor, and it is about his uh, say his journey to Berlin mm. with the with the ballet company, and his not seduction by the West, but his de-seduction of yeah. Russia in a sense. They don't really play it as the West mm. corrupted; they play it as actually Russia overstepped mm. and. Well, his performance is genuinely terrific. His name, incidentally, Oleg Ivenko. Thank you, I could not remember. Of course. That. Um, I will point out also with this movie, Adele Exarchopoulos from Blue is the Warmest Colour is, is in this movie, which yes. that, that creates yeah. problems because I, I can't stare directly at Adele Exarchopoulos <laughs> for too long. Uh, I, I lose all sense of time. And it's problematic. She's great in it, is she? She's yeah,
1: well, she was genuine. really good. And you know, and, and, and you know, it's interesting that from Blue is the Warmest Color, mm. Léa Sedou has gone on to have a sensational career. Even she, being she's been in, in Bond more Western, movies, and I think yeah, about Lea and uh, Mission Impossible
0: as well. Yeah,
1: she's uh, you know, she's gone on to do some some fantastic things. Um, and Adele hasn't. She's stayed, I think, more French.
0: Yes. In, yeah. in she stayed European when yeah. Leia do went mainstream. Of the pair of it seems to suit them to the ground. Mm. Yeah. But I would argue that Adele Exopopolis has more of the mainstream appeal to a Western audience. Yeah. But, you know, to each their own, I don't make
1: bomb points. I mean, is, is this worth watching? Because it's something that's been on my list. And it's one of those films I think, yeah, I, I think this is going to be mm. really heavy, quite stodgy, but it will be no. interesting to watch. And I, I want to watch. It, but it's kind of it's one of those films. I want to say that I've watched it, but I don't particularly want to go through the process of watching it. It is actually very. good. Is that justifiable?
0: No, I think it's very good. Uh, I would, I would definitely check this out. I think, I think it's a film you would very much Mm. enjoy. Uh, The, the dramatic portions of it, the sort of character, the character segments, Mm. his relationship with the Dark Cyclops, and the the, the sort of it's not a romantic relationship, sort of friendship. Yeah, Uh, that is really well developed and really well performed, and the pair of them sell the absolute hell out of it. Uh, Mm. The thriller aspect to It as well is mm. genuinely terrifying. Now, obviously, we kind of know the end result, yes, yeah. but you know, it is about the journey less the destination. And the journey here is actually a pretty gripping one. Um, his performance, though, absolutely worth checking out.
1: Oh, me. then then you sold me. Yeah. You? I mean,
0: uh, Ray Fines as well. Of when course. does he not bring it?
1: Well, of course, he's you know, he's
0: also, great. what is Ray Fiennes' thing with Russia? <laughs> what is that about? He just he's got a real thing about Russia, I just can't explain it. Okay, so that, they're all out on DVD, uh, Monday, August 5th. Uh, let's talk then. This is coming to Netflix. This is a streaming <laughs> offering for it on Netflix on August the 9th. I don't know if uh, you have any uh, first-hand experience with the Rocco's Modern Life franchise at all.
1: I don't know.
0: Well, it's it's a classic of uh, 90s Nickelodeon heyday. And just now returning for a one-off animated special on Netflix. The general gist of which sees the characters returning from a journey of several years in space mm. to discover the world has moved on. Here's a clip of them discovering O-Phones.
1: Check it out! I got the new OPhone phone 8! Big one! <laughs> I just got the new OPhone phone 9! This is a phone? But where are all the buttons?
0: So it's back, <laughs> Rocker's Modern Life! Indeed, where are the buttons on our phones? Um... I'm looking forward to this, very mm-hmm. much. I think um, with all the 90s revivals we're having, I think mm. this one, it makes sense to bring this one back.
1: Well, I I, I know nothing about it, so it's you know it's intriguing. To, he's a wallaby. Uh, uh, That's the, he's okay. a wallaby
0: in a Hawaiian shirt.
1: Well, he wouldn't be. Exactly. We've
0: um, got Rugrats coming back. I mean, it makes mm. sense to bring Rocco back as well. It's on Netflix, August uh, 9th, which is a Friday. I can't wait. I love a good, good bit of uh, old-school 90s animation. I want Ren and Stimpy back next. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, remember Ren and Stimpy, that one? Yeah. yeah. Also, Beavis and Butthead came back as well, didn't it? Um, Beavis and Butthead. No, there's a lot of nights. A lot of nights wasted. (laughs) 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 But, yeah. um, Did you ever ever see that movie Airheads? Yeah. Uh, With Brennan Fraser, when Mike Judge actually is one of the callers into the station, he actually does Beavis and Butthead on the phone. (laughs) God.
1: So yeah, that's that's your lot for this week.
0: Well, that's a very mixed bag, isn't it? Very, very mixed bag this week. I got to admit,
1: I'm a little disappointed cinematically that it it's been quite a, quite a lax summer really. There's not been anything outstanding. Okay, The Lion King, but you know, there's been nothing amazing.
0: We were saying actually at the screening of the other night, for the for, for this, that it is this is kind of it for the summer now. It's this mm. and Tarantino. And yeah. That's that's your summer. That's summer 2019 done. Yeah so next summer we'll be in the 20s yeah. is it going to be roaring 20s yeah okay so <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's all we've got time for this week we'll be back uh, next Friday with uh, another 7 day movie guide for you so another film another round of films for you to watch every day of the week you can get more from me on talk radio BBC radio and me movies on YouTube meanwhile uh, Mr. Hearn also talk radio uh, late late early on the show with Paul Ross I they to review movies on Wednesday Thursday, uh, Wednesday night Thursday morning than I do the weeks when you're in France. Of course. So accordingly. So I think you're in France this week. You're doing this week. We'll work it out, we'll work it out. So um this has been off screen, I've been that colour, and we out.